Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Tonight, we are finalizing our celebration of Batman the Animated Series. 30th anniversary, we're talking to Ingrid Ulio about her role as Ray Montoya. We'll talk about some other projects she's done. And lastly, tonight, before we let you go, we'll hear from Kevin Conroy himself. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. Star Trek from Star Wars will try to explain The Atom Dodgers for Hogwarts houses on Ringworlds and Malls To be the greatest Pokemon Master You must catch them all You must catch them all Try to catch them all Gotta catch Driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, hearing us on the big 550 KTRS. Hello to you. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're streaming us out there in the world via the KTRS app or if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, hello to you. And thank you very much for finding us there. If you're hearing this after the fact in the podcast form on Google Play or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from, thank you very much for finding us there. We appreciate your listening So far this month, it's been very busy. We've celebrated for the entire month of September Batman the Animated Series. We've talked to Andrea Romano. We had director Dan Reba in talking about his work uh, he's done on the series. We talked with Rick Burchett, three-time Eisner Award-winning artist, about working on the comic book for Batman the Animated Series. And now, finally, our last day of the celebration, we're going to talk to The Voice of Renee Montoya, who went on starting in the animated series, and that character went on to do so many different things in the comic books. We've got Ingrid Olio on the line with us. Ingrid, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I know we, we were supposed to have you on a couple weeks ago, and we had to flip-flop it. I was going to have Andrea on tonight, but we just moved that forward because the Andrea interview was pre-recorded, and we moved her up. Awesome. And you had you had you booked a film, and you had to take off, which that's that's what the actor life is all about, right? <laughs> I, I and I have been blessed that I have I've been work, able to work on three short films, one after another. So wow, thank you. And and I didn't. I felt awful, and I was like, I I want to be. I would love to talk about you know Batman. My experience. I I was the newbie. I think I don't know if I was the only newbie, but. Uh, as far as a non-animator uh, actor or voice, voice tale. Yeah, I know so. you're not you're not the only person who hadn't done voice because I believe I, I talked to a couple other people before because obviously we've been doing the show for about six years now, and we talked to I think John Glover was fairly new to the voice work too when he voiced Riddler. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, yeah, they did have just actors, actors, and a lot of singers. Mm-hmm. And they were, for them, it was so natural. I, I, it, it looked like. So and, tell me a little um, bit about anyway. if, uh, the the audition process, like when you tried out for. So so we had Andrea on, 
And I'd asked Andrea about, you know, casting. And she said this was one of the things, even back then, if the part was for a Hispanic person or a Latina person, they would they were they were required to go out and try, obviously, to get someone of that vein to do the part, which is great because we think about now it's like, well, that that needs to be done. But luckily it was being done then, too. And Andrea said, luckily, Ingrid was there. <laughs> we were able to cast some great people. Talk a little bit, about, if, you, if you would, about your experience going through the casting process and getting the part for Renee Montoya. I really think that my, um, my advantage was the fact that I could speak fluent Spanish. Hmm. And the only reason, not only fluent Spanish, but I spoke a neutral Spanish. What? What's? I, Did I, I lose you? No, no. I'm I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with the difference. So for for someone who's uneducated like myself, what's the difference between fluent and and uh, neutral? For example, think of someone that would speak English to you, and you would not know where they are from. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 It says you can do the same thing in Spanish, and we've had to because we don't want to upset any nationality. I mean, we have so many nationalities. Sure. Um, I was the voice of Sears. I don't know if you remember the Sears stores. Oh, yeah. Um, You might be a little too young. I was the voice of Sears in Spanish. Oh, how about that? And it was great until I I got pregnant, and I went and I had my child. And that's when the Mexican stars came into town and that's when voice started. It started to change and they said, Hey, you know, we're going to attract more buyers with these Mexican stars that there weren't unions. So they were like, so happy to get paid in dollars. Anyway, I don't want to gripe. <laughs> well, it's, that's interesting too. So was that from the, the, I remember the tagline when I was little, I remember come see the softer side of Sears. Was that, that around that well, same era? No, in Spanish, it was, in um, Sears, su dinero vale mucho y muchas cosas más. Oh, very nice. See, I, I now your money is worth. Okay. No, that's that's great. I and you said I'm sorry, I, I cut you off because it, we've got a little bit of a delay on the line. I think I apologize, but you you were going to translate that for me. Yes, it's like your money has so much value, you know, and so much more. So we can offer you so much more. So that uh, was... they had an incredible campaign. They did. And so that that was voiceover work. That was that uh, doing the, doing voiceover for commercials like that. It was obviously a little bit different from uh, the voiceovers oh, as we know them now. it's not animation. No. It is not animation. No, uh, dude, I was I was I was working with Mark Hamill. I know. Okay, I sat next to him. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what that was like. <laughs> Were you a and Star you, Wars you fan? Find out that this is, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and I'm like. I look at him, and he he was just so, so real, so beautiful. Just talked about his kids. He was awesome. And so not Hollywood. Yeah. I know I know. Kevin Conroy has said many times he made no secret that, uh, that Mark Hamill is one of his favorite people. But there was, when we had Andrea on two weeks ago, there was a lot of talk about just it was amazing the amount of talent that passed through there. We mentioned John Glover, obviously, but we had uh, we had Roddy McDowell. 
uh, on the show, uh, not on our show, but it was on Batman the Animated Series. Uh, there was a ton of fantastic Adrian Barbeau, who I was, I was hoping to have a recorded interview with her for tonight. And like you, she had to book a project, so she couldn't pre-record. So we're going to have Adrian Barbeau, Catwoman, on later in the year. Uh, but you, you were able I am to work one with of her. His, I am one of her biggest fans. Escape <laughs> from New York. Yes. So that, I mean, as, as someone like you, that, that would have been hard for me to be in a booth like that. And I'm just like, I would want to fanboy out. You're seeing Richard Mall from Night Court and all these actors oh, come through. He, yes, he was scary looking, but so sweet. <laughs> So did you have, obviously everyone says Mark Hamill, but if we, if we remove Mark Hamill, did you have a favorite celebrity that you got to sit next to in the booth or have or share scenes with? You know, I, I didn't No, I shared many scenes with him. He was the guy that played Bullock mm-hmm. and he was my nemesis. Yes. Robert Costanza. But the actor, yes, but the actor brought his father to every recording Aww. and it was just so beautiful to watch. So it was like, oh, he's such a sweetheart. It's like, <laughs> mother. <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I was just, yeah. And that was that was a big deal because, like uh, we talked about with, with Harley Quinn, she was not a character in comic books until Batman the Animated Series. And much like the same with Renee Montoya, she was a brand new character created for Batman the animated series. So you got to break new ground. You had, you didn't have to worry about going back to read the comic books and see what this character had done. You were kind of given a clean slate. Did you kind of enjoy that freedom? Yes. And n- not only that, she had an incredible following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And know, she still she had does. An incredible yes. following. And yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it, it, it's beautiful to be able to be strong, you know, in television, you don't see that much with uh, Latin women, and so she's she's bad. She's a badass. So, <laughs> I would agree. Uh, that was that was beautiful, and uh, for Andrea gave me her the be- ability to give her voice. You know, because it's like when you would Batman would take you up all of a sudden, and it was like, well, how am I going to do this? And so she would tell you, you know, physically what you're going to do, and it's like, ah. And um, so it was a wonderful experience. He was very giving, and it was just awesome. And you had a lot of scenes, obviously, with Harvey Bullock and with Bob Hastings, who played Commissioner Gordon, because you you guys were the Gotham City PD. It was basically the three of you, and then some some I will I will use a Star Trek reference, some red shirts who you knew were going to get you know hit by the Joker or knocked out by Penguin or something like that. But it was mainly you, Bob Hastings, and Bobby Costanzo were the the face. But I do of the have Gotham another. Disease. I do have another actor, and it is um, from POV. POV was, um, like, one of the most favorite um, episodes. Let me... Yeah, that, that was a great the one. Actor, that... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just, the, the actor in it, the, the guest star, I'm looking for his name. He played, he was in the Beauty and the Beast. I, I I can picture his face. I'm I'm also blanking on his name though. Let me. No, Ron Perlman anyway, was Clayface. He was a rookie. He, he was a rookie. Oh, and he, voiced... he was awesome. Oh, my executive producer says it was Ron Perlman, who also voiced Clayface. No, in the Robbie series. Benson. Robbie Benson. Benson. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because he's uh, he, okay. Yeah. Yes. I grew up. I mean, I loved Robbie Benson. <laughs> <laughs> so th- th- these are major stars. 
So right. I mean, I had been like in a major movie, but then I, I was like, oh my god. And then you get to you get Beautiful. to come in and play with these people in the booth and and uh, and act off them. Did what what directions when you first came in for your first episode read? for uh, Renee Montoya. Do you remember anything that Andrea said to you particularly that helped you kind of in your mind shape the character's voice and tone? No, I, I think we already had that. What what I felt from her uh, my, the first time I worked was how she brought us together and how we became a symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, in doing our work, and it just she just, and perhaps because not most of us maybe did not have experience with it, um, there was a way. It was just, just very very natural, and then um, you just I felt very calm, and she made a felony. And for those of you who might just now be tuning in, we're talking with Ingrid Olia, the voice of Renee Montoya. Uh, actress, she's been in so many different projects, and I was—I'm curious, what was your familiarity with Batman prior to booking this gig? Had you had you been a comic book fan growing up? Uh, how much did you know of Batman going into this project? Not comic, not comic. I was a big fan of television, Adam West, and then on to the other ba- big um, Batman films. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, comic, no, and um, it was. I had no idea that, you know, what Rene Montoya, um, how old these characters were and um, how deep. So that was like an, an unearthing experience that was wow. And now that she's gone on, like I said, I think you and I were kind of chatting a little bit via text message a couple of days ago. And I, I we mentioned the that, question. Yeah, how she's now become the DC Comics, the question in DC Comics. She replaced Victor Sage because it, it's your character. Basically, you gave voice to this character for the first time ever. Did you are you do you keep up with the uh, the characters in the comic books now that you kind I, of taken a love to them? I do not. But I know that you do. And because you were interviewing me. I um, reached out to my first cousin, Patsy Aviles, who was an incredible Batman freak. <laughs> and I just want you to know that what happened is that Sage chose her as his successor, mm-hmm. as her, uh, his successor. Mm-hmm. And first she started to assist him and then um, he started to groom her. Um, but by the time all this time, he he was dying of cancer. Mm. So. Yeah. So she becomes, yeah, so she takes on his name after he dies, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and they they, they added more to Renee's character in the uh, in yes. the second series, the new Adventures of Batman, when they kind of changed the look of the, of the show a little bit and it moved over to, uh, I believe it moved over to the uh, WB from Fox Kids. Um, and they, they kind of, they, I think she became a detective later in that actual series itself. So there's, there was another woman who voiced Renee on some occasions and I, I wasn't able, I kind of dug a little bit, but I wasn't able to see if you, it was something where you had to, uh, you weren't able to do certain tapings or how did that come about? Yes. I actually was, was leaving the country and at the time what happened, something happened where they stopped recording and it, it, it I don't, I don't really remember, or really recall what happened, but we were supposed to do sixty episodes, mm-hmm. and I think I, I don't remember, and only um, Adrian can could 
answer this. And it was right after my husband had died. And I actually had to leave. I had to leave the country, but it was right between a break. But what happened is I, as I was gone, I was gone for a month. They picked up again. They were picking up again. And I think that's when they had to hire. Um, uh, what is her? Uh, she, I, I did a play with her. She is incredible. Uh, and I had no idea when I did the play with her that she um, had actually voiced uh, Montoya. Oh, that's that. Then you got to do a play together. That's very cool. Yes. <laughs> and, and when and during rehearsal, I was being blown away by this one. I was like, you have these incredible voices. And I didn't even realize that she was an artist, a voice artist. So, And it's funny, she didn't say anything to me. So I actually had to reach out to her. And I was like, what is it? why didn't you tell me? But, I mean, I found out later. <laughs> that did, maybe she didn't. What's that? Leanne Shermer, is that correct? Was yes. It Le- Leanne, okay. Yes, she's brilliant. A very funny, incredible voice. Um, but... um. Yeah, someday you'll know why I had to leave the country, but yes, it was. And, <laughs> a minute, so. and they even had live action versions of Renee Montoya pop up on some of these TV shows like Batwoman and things like that. Uh, we've seen, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember, I think Renee briefly appeared in Gotham, the TV series there as well. So it's she kinda, did. Yes, so it's very cool to see this character pop up. And like I said, you basically, between you and obviously Paul Dini and Bruce Timm, uh, gave life to this character. Yes, and it's so, you know, I, I signed, I have signed cells for Warner Brothers um, for Comic-Con, but I was so touched when I had a kid come up with me with, with Montoya's doll, oh. the uh, Montoya doll in, in the box, and it was like, don't touch it, just if you could just please sign right here, <laughs> don't touch anything else. <laughs> I, I had no idea that there was a doll, and I was like, "Wow, check this out!" Well, the, the, I think I think DC Collectibles needs to send you one. I think you know, just out of courtesy, right? <laughs> right? You know, like like yeah. any detective on the police force would get you know a, a gold watch for their their service. I think they should just send you a uh, action figure for the time that you voiced Renee. Yeah, I think you should make a call to Warner Brothers because they're the, they're the same way with Stand and Deliver. I'll, I'll give they, them a call. They don't give any love. That's yeah, that's too bad. Do not give any love. And Stan, I mean, and and you've given me the perfect segue, Ingrid, because I was going to ask about some other projects on your list. And obviously, Stand and Deliver, uh, that one was a big hit. Uh, talk a yeah. little bit about uh, working, because I, I was. Would you say because you you've done some projects before that, but would you say that that movie kind of, as an actor, it's always kind of each actor kind of feels differently. To you, do you think that's when you kind of felt like that put you on the map? That movie, almost definitely. Yeah, I did a lot of television guest stars after that. Hmm. But what happened is my husband died at the time. So I went away for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then I came back with Real Women Have Curves. Yes. That was 2000. My my husband died in 1990. I came back with Stand and Deliver. My, um, no, I did Stand and Deliver. My husband died. 10 years go by. Then my daughter dies. And then I have Real Women Have Curves. So... Every 10 years, I have a hit, and then what can I tell you? <laughs> no, but all of that has changed. 
everything is beautiful now. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you're very, very busy because uh, I know you've got, uh, I looked on your, as, as of your IMDb resume gives out, you've got one project that's already completed called Dark Wolf Gang, which isn't out yet, I don't think, but it's so it shows completed. And then another one that's currently filming, and maybe it's done now, The Last Brown Beret. That it is something we're still working on. Okay, it's a story that we want to get out. And you know what? If 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 possible, if you have a website where I can put up um, his, we have a GoFundMe page. It's a story that we want to be told, but we're still short, like eighty thousand dollars. And it's a great story uh, about the Bramberets in Los Angeles, Mexican American um, organization. And it's a story that Delta Mora has been trying to tell for a long time. So if there are any Brown Berets out there listening, Chicanos, wherever you are, please look on uh, James's website tomorrow and I'll have some information and see if you can get, lend us a hand to tell this beautiful story. And you said it's, it's a GoFundMe. So if they go to if they go to the website, GoFundMe and look up the last Brown Beret, that should take them to the oh, site? I'll put it, I would put up the link and you, you have a trailer and everything about the movie. It's just, it's just been a labor of love. It's so expensive. Great. Yeah, um, if, if you want to email me the link, we can we can put it in the show notes. Um, uh, so awesome. That way, and I when will. They read I this, will. Yeah, just when, because when, uh, you've, you've got my email address. I think we emailed directly. So, yeah, just shoot me that email, or you can text it to me, and I'll uh, we'll make sure that that gets up on the website. So anyone interested in helping to fund that and make it happen, they can certainly go check that out. That would be beautiful. And again, for those of you who maybe have just tuned in, if you're driving around tonight in St. Louis, uh, we're talking with Ingrid Olia, the voice of Renee Montoya, uh, actress of many different projects. We're going to talk about some more of those. If we take a quick commercial break, are you okay to stick with me for a little while longer? Yes, yes, I'm here. Perfect. I'm you're, here. When we're going to be, uh, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. You're listening right now on the Big 550 KTRS. This is geek to me Radio. Please stand by. <laughs> Hi, this is Bobby Costanzo, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back. Geek to Me Radio heard here on the Big 550 every Sunday night. Make sure you check out our website, geektomeradio.com. We've got backlog of all the shows. Tonight's show is uh, episode 324. So if you're a brand new to the show, you've got 323 episodes to go back on. We did I- interview Bobby Costanza at Terrificon last year. So if you want to hear my interview with Harvey Bullock to compliment my interview tonight with Renee Montoya, you can go back and check that out. If you missed the other Batman interviews we've done this month, those are also on the website, courtesy of Joey V, who makes the show sound as good as it does. And if you're watching us right now, he's making it look as good as it does as well. I want to make sure we tell you about our official movie sponsor, Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. If you want to go check out The Woman King, if you want to get your tickets now for Smile that's coming out, I'm so excited that it's horror movie season. We're getting in the fall. The scary movies are coming out. If you want to get a movie in, go to the website, MarcusTheaters.com, to find the one closest to you, the Marcus Theaters or Movie Tavern. And check them out there. If you are driving around and you're out and about, you know, which one's closest to you, you should probably download the Marcus Theaters app. As you can see, I've got it right here on my phone. If you're watching this, uh, hit the button there. It comes up, tells you all about the movies that are out. You can buy the tickets. You can buy your concessions from the app right there. Uh, don't worry. Darlings in theaters. Avatar is coming back in theaters. And also, I should mention, you can buy their special season pass, their Sunday passport for movies 
for $20. It runs, it started September 11th, goes all the way through December the 11th, and that's valid at all the Marcus Theaters or Movie Tavern locations. You can pick that up. Four movies for $20. If you're looking to save some money in this economy, and let's face it, who isn't, that's a great way to do it as well. If you're celebrating something, rent a private cinema at a Marcus Theaters movie tavern for the starting price of $149. You can add on things if you want to add concessions and stuff, depending on what you want to do. Then you and 20 of your closest friends can hang out, go see a movie. If you're going to see a movie, you might as well do it in the best possible surroundings. That's Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com is the website, once again, for the best movie-going experience in the galaxy. We're chatting now with actor Ingrid Olio, talking about her role as Renee Montoya, as well as some of these other things she's done in Stand and Deliver. We talked about the uh, the last Brown Bray. So are you able to talk about or say anything about the project that you just went out and filmed about, or is that still verboten to talk about right no, now? No, the very last one that I did, I can't. Okay. And, um, and, the, and the two before that, I did ask, they're in post-production, so they weren't really ready so that's why i talked about um the last brown beret and um i know that we have mexican americans we have a lot of brown berets all over the country so if they come and visit your site perhaps they can help us dal zamora the writer director uh finished this film but um i will come back and visit you and talk about our other projects good i like that if thank you, you if you welcome me <laughs> of course and, <laughs> And, and what else? Uh, and I know I was going to ask you one of my favorite scary movies because I just you, we we're talking about Marcus Theaters. And I was mentioning we're into scary movie season because we're in uh, here in the Midwest. You know, the, the fall season starting. The, the leaves are beginning to think about changing color. And I always think of scary movies. One of my favorite scary movies from back in the day was Flatliners. And you uh, you had a part ah! in that as well. Uh, no, I have a great story. I was I was supposed to play um the the woman that dying and uh bacon is the one that brings her back mm-hmm. i would have had so right before i was supposed to shoot i was hired to do at the time i was guest star of like the hottest show on tv at the time fred dreyer was a star it was a detective show and it was like oh, oh Hunter. No, I, I have to take yes yes I was like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I must take this. No, no, no. I was pregnant, and it was like, please let me take this job that pays more. How <laughs> stupid. Can what? you imagine flatliners? Did, I no. mean, to me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm in sci-fi. I'm in sci-fi, and to me, flatliners is one of the best. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it was incredible. For the imagination. Yeah. So could you imagine? I should have. I was supposed to be in it. But for whatever reason, they still kept me, and um, yeah. So, but no, I went to do. I went to work for Hunter. And that, that was a great TV so, series. That's one my dad used to watch all the time, and I'd, I'd sit there and watch it with him because it would come on a little bit later at, at night. But he'd let me stay up sometimes if I finished my homework. I could stay up and watch it with him. So you understand why I had to do it? Oh yes, that was a hot show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So let me. They did. They just remade Flatliners a couple of years back. I mean, maybe five years ago. Did you Did you see the remake? No. Was it the same director? I doubt it. No, different director. And I didn't like his. I'm just. Okay. I'm never a fan of remakes in general. Very, very rarely do remakes 
surpassed the original quality of the of the first film. And I kind of felt that was the same way with this one. It's like, ah, it's, just, it's not the same. I kind of expected some of the stuff because then, you know, going in, Flatliners at the time was a brand new concept. You know, it was, it was an original idea and it had a tremendous cast. And I think that's a couple of things that worked for it and kind of repackaging it didn't really, I, it didn't do it for me. Well, my my character, I believe the director would have um, had me. My my audition, and it was an improv, hmm. was that my child, as you see me going into emergency, is I'm dying. Both my child and I are dying. And and my in my uh, audition, I I I give the child to the virgin. Hmm. And I and I just take care of my baby because she knows a child has died. Yeah, and that's what we were supposed to do, and we weren't supposed to. And the director was upset with me and tried to hold me to the contract, but mm. they were kind enough to let me go. And I went and I was a star, a guest star on a weekly show. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? What an, oh. Guys, that was a really bad uh, decision. <laughs> well, I mean, at the time, you never know. And it, it uh, was, like you said, you've got that memory, and you've got a great story out of it, too. So there's that. Yeah, and I was very pregnant. So right. there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you said you're a fan of sci-fi yourself. Has that always been the case? Have you always been a fan of sci-fi, the, you know, the, the genre? Oh, I, oh, I, I, oh, yes, yes, yes. What, what were some of the Love. stuff like? What were some of your like? Are you like if I ask you if you're more of a Star Wars or a Star Trek person? Do you have a camp? No, no Star Wars. No, no, no. More grim. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I love lore, I love um, Vikings. Give me anything that's Vikings. Oh my god. <laughs> That's that, 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 there's a show I, I can't remember which channel on because there's so many streaming services now. But my friends Jeff and Christy are trying to get me to watch a show. I think it's just called Vikings. But I I, uh, I, I haven't, haven't seen it yet. Okay, yes, watch it. Is yes, it? yes, watch it, watch it. Yes, if 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 that's if you're into that, I love period pieces, uh, period shows, and um, Fifth Element. Oh yeah, that's a great. Oh, that's oh, a, no, no, that's my favorite film. The oh. movie, yes, that's a great that's, movie. Yes, that's my beautiful. That's my beautiful partner, Tom Reichlin. Hi, Tom. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, tell him, tell him. <laughs> well, tell Tom I said that's hi from St. Louis. <laughs> he says hi from St. Louis <laughs> via Chicago. Right, okay? exactly. We're we're transatlantic that way. We're just going to <laughs> because I'm from Boyle High. That's right. Yes. So, did you growing up in in uh, in California, everything like that? Was it just a thing that you kind of always wanted to be an actor? Did you kind of know that was the path your life was going to take? No, I was born in Boyle Heights, California, mm-hmm. raised in Nicaragua, oh. and then when I went to school, I needed to learn English, and how I learned English was through plays. Oh, cool <laughs> songs, and yes, yeah, so that's where it was like we. I did plays and I did plays for three years to trying to learn English. <laughs> it, it was hard. <laughs> I, that because acting is acting is tough on its own because you know if you're especially if you're doing a play because not only do you have to learn the words you have to learn the blocking where you're going and you know step here on this line everything like that. So I, I almost feel like that made it harder for you, Ingrid. <laughs> yes, and we froze and the principal came out and we improvised. I tell you, you freeze. It, it, it's, it's beautiful. See, for me, 
theater. I want to retire and just do theater. Mm. Um, I will. We would. We do film and television to pay the bills. But there's nothing like theater. Yeah, that, that and you you almost exactly echoed what John Glover said because we had John Glover talking about his career. You know, he's done Gremlins, he's done Smallville, voiced Riddler on Batman, and he said he said doing theater that's that's where that's where his true love is. Yes, the connection that you you'll make with the audience it's I you can't explain it. So, but it's it's food it's food for the soul. So if you if you were able to direct, like they, they come to you and they say, Ingrid, we want you to direct a show. You've got your choice. What show would you want to direct? I wouldn't direct. It's you wouldn't not, want to direct? No, no, not at all. You just you just don't like the don't like have to you want you want to actually perform and not be in charge of the performers. No, I'm just uh, very selfish. So I would rather work on just one being. That makes sense. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't spread myself like that. Mm-mm. Okay, well, let, let me rephrase the question then. If they come to you and they say, hey, we'll give you, you can be in any part you want in any show, what's your dream role for theater? Oh, for theater. Oh, Romeo and Juliet, the mm. nun. Oh, the nun. <laughs> That's she. That's I the have great been comedic looking parts. forward to that. She's nasty. <laughs> uh. <laughs> She's a bad girl. Yes. With the, the closest I yes. came, I actually I I did get to play her, but it was in the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged. So it wasn't really <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, but I did get to play the nun. So that was that was that was fun. <laughs> oh well, no, I I love her. I mean. For me, for my age and everything, I've been, yeah, it's a, it's a delicious role. And pivoting back to Batman the Animated Series, because you were in uh, several episodes of that, obviously, uh, and you mentioned POV. Is POV your favorite episode that you got to do, or is there another absolutely. one that kind of... Absolutely. No, absolutely. It was with Ro- Robbie Benson, but there was also the one with, um, uh, you, you mentioned her earlier, um... Uh, every, the times that I worked, I couldn't believe the stars I was sitting with. Um, and I wish I, were, I could remember names better, but the singers were um, Melissa Manchester. I mean, I was mm. like, um, uh, I, can't, I, I can't remember right now, and I, I should have... No, you had, I mean, yeah, there, was there was a lot of people. Yeah, there, you had, because you had, uh, you were in Harley and Ivy, you were in that one, which obviously had Diane Pershing and Arlene Sorkin. Uh, you were in Cat Scratch Fever with obviously Adrian Barbeau, but you had, there's a lot of great uh, episodes. Adrian Barbeau, I mean, do you, you remember Escape from New York? I do, I, I saw it on VHS. <laughs> oh, well, dude, okay, that's like one of my all-time favorites. And do I have, Met her and you know worked with her. It was like, oh my god! <laughs> you mentioned the conventions too, because I know there's a uh, one of the oh, is it Cincinnati Comic Con or it's Columbus, and they've got a couple of different people there. I think they've got John, they've got Adrian, they've got Lauren Lester, uh, and I think they might have Diane Pershing as well. Do you do many of the conventions? You mentioned that that one kid coming up to you with the Renee Montoya at one. Do you do many of those? I'm not, I haven't really been um, uh, out there. It's much more of a recluse and okay. uh, 
I just I don't like the red carpet or anything like that. But now I'm I'm coming out, man. <laughs> and just I'm like you know, yeah. It's I'm just very shy, and um, so yeah, I need to come out and talk to people, and it's great. Especially now that you've got so, yeah. your own figure you can sign. When people bring you your own action figure, that's that's pretty cool. You know you've made it then. Well, I um I somebody reached out to me from a gallery to sign styles of of Montoya, Warner Brothers styles. And that was interesting and yeah, but I've been to Comic Con twice and I just never thought about it. You know, it was just like that was so long ago, but um but it's really cool. I, I, I love the genre and um especially sci-fi and so I know a lot of people uh, adore her. There's a lot of fans in Spain. There's a lot of clubs in Spain. Um, so I've been re- folks from all over the world have reached out and it's just beautiful. And this, but, since, um, this, yeah. since this was your first, uh, we, I, again, I, you said with acting, cause we, I, we mentioned the Sears thing, but this was your first, as you said, voice acting role. Did you feel like there was a big learning curve or did you kind of just ease right into it? Oh, no, 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 this was difficult. No, without Andrea, I, I would not have been able to do it. And I know this is no. Go ahead. Sorry. There's a little bit of a delay. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, without her, there's no way I could have delivered her when she's flying, when she's, you know, the, when she's very physical. Um, it's no, it was a, uh, it was a beautiful learning experience um, from a wonderful director. See, I'm I'm waiting for someone. I'm waiting for someone to say, you know, that Andrea Romano, she was horrible. But nobody, everyone just glows when I ask her about Andrea. Everyone loves her. <laughs> she was human at the time. You know, people weren't very nice, and she was just so down to earth and humble, but just so caring and supportive. Yeah, and mm-hmm. everyone I've talked to about her says the same thing. They loved. I mean, she's like I said, I've never heard a person say an ill word about her. So that's uh, that's that's always great to have that you know that reputation yeah wonderful being and so yeah no i'm sitting here a lot of love a lot of love man and we've got uh the project you're working on which you can't talk about we've mentioned the last brown beret is are you active on social media is there anything like people if they want to keep up with you online or anything like that are you are you active i they can look i'm like i don't I have Twitter, but I don't use it, so I'm now getting into Twitter and um, Instagram. But I was just say looking for Ingrid Alou or Ingrid Alou official. I'm not sure how, um, something like that. <laughs> we'll, we'll do something Ingrid Alou or Ingrid Alou uh, official. And so now that you, now that but you're, I will now that you're less shy, you're coming out a little bit on social media as well more. Yes, yeah, well, <laughs> more because the, the projects that I'm working on are beautiful. I did two short films. I mean, I don't know if you have time. It's, yeah. Um, there, one is about um, the meat the, the meat packing factories in California, where 525 people were infected of uh, COVID, Ooh. and 100 about 108 died. Ooh. And um, this is when they knew that they were infected. They knew that they were ill, and it's about just showing more. These folks, the the employees were treated as dispensable, mm. and it's how a community stood up and said, "Enough, we're not dispensable, and you need us." 
And it's so, hard to imagine that that took place in this day and age because we, you know, you think about Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, which is all about the meatpacking processes in the early 1900s. And then you, you hear the story that you're telling. It doesn't sound like they've learned anything, that nothing much has changed. And in California. Yeah. Okay. So, so then there's that. And then the, the, the second one before the, the one I can't talk about. Okay. Because if I do, I'll kill you. <laughs> um, I want to stay alive. Don't tell me. Is about Alzheimer's, uh, uh, FTD, frontal, frontal lobal, I'm destroying the name, but it's educating folks about a different type of um, Alzheimer's that most people don't know about. And it's just wreaking havoc, not only just the uh, old elderly, but the young. Mm. And uh, if you look up FTD, Alzheimer's on YouTube, it'll blow you away um, because it'll educate you from 20 in early 20s to early 30s. It completely robs you of your life. Uh, your brain starts to deteriorate and then your body deteriorates. And most people do not know. They assume Alzheimer's is going to attack their parents when they're older. Yeah. And no, this it, you and you don't see it coming. Mm. Is a thing. You do not see it coming, and it can be four or five years that your loved one is doing kind of funky things that you're just like, oh, okay, that's just who she is, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of silly things. And then it turns out that their brain has been slowly going deteriorating, see, and you didn't know it. Yeah, I, I hope that's not the marker because if that's the case, my brain's been deteriorating for the past couple of uh, years. If that's the case, because I do wacky you know, things all I the time. I kept asking questions. I kept asking the writer questions. You know, what about? I feel like because <laughs> I can relate, but no, no, no. Um, it, it's very serious. And folks, if whoever is out there, please um, look up STD Alzheimer's on YouTube. Educate yourself and 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 forward it. it let's educate ourselves out there. Absolutely. Um, please. And uh, this this time has already flown by. I cannot believe we've already been talking now for um, over 45 minutes. Um, we covered the social media. We covered the two projects that you were able to talk about. We covered the other stuff. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Any, any last thoughts about your time as Renee Montoya? Uh, no, I mean, she's a badass. I just remember, free! <laughs> I love like it. That? that was great. <laughs> I feel like I'm back. I love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And, and seriously, when, when, you're, when your NDAs are up, if you want to come back on and talk about those other projects, uh, we'd love to have you back on. And hopefully uh, my listeners will do their jobs, their work, and they'll be generous, and they'll get the last Brown Beret funded, and we can come back and talk about that one too. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you again. Take care. Bye-bye. There she goes, Ingrid Olio. So great to talk to her. And that rounds up our uh, almost completes our celebration of Batman the Animated Series 30 years. We're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk. Well, I should say we're going to talk. We're going to play my interview with Kevin Conroy. We talked to him at Terrific Con at the end of July all about his thoughts reflecting back on 30 years of Batman and that comic book story he wrote for this year's DC Pride. We'll talk about that as well. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Hey, this is Sean Cannon, and you're listening to geek to me Radio. And if you're not, 
Well, then your karate's a joke. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. Every Sunday night on the Big 550. Hello, Chance Bartels. We see you in the chat. Uh, if you're watching this online, you can obviously uh, chat with us. If you're watching this on Facebook or in YouTube, hello. And uh, we will shout you out if we see you in the chat there. I'm trying to watch those, but I'm in the big studio. You can probably tell if you look around, this is not my normal studio. And it's throwing me off a little bit, but luckily Luis has been helping me out quite a bit. And obviously I've got Joey right across me giving me my safety blanket of having him in the studio. Uh, we've got the, before we finish this off, before we go to Kevin Conroy, I want to tell you about our official comic book sponsor, Bugs Comics and Games. You can go to their website, bugscomicsandgames.com. Check out the issues they have up there. If you're from out of town and want to buy a variant cover that your store maybe didn't have. If you want to see what back issues, if you're trying to find something, maybe they can't find it anywhere else you've gone. Larry and Tim might have it because they have an extensive collection of back issues, obviously new issues as well. Maybe your local comic book store has shut down due to COVID or whatever reason, and you don't have one close by. Maybe, even though you're not here in town, maybe Bugs Comics have become your local comic book store. No matter where you are, they'll ship your comics for you. Join the Avengers Club if you're going to do that because then you get you're on a pull list. You join the club. You pick an Avenger or a DC character. It could be the Sandman or Death or whoever it might be. Anyone from comic bookdom, and that will be your character. And then you start saving money on your comic books, and they'll ship them to you. It's a great way to save some money. If you're local, they're right on Bryan Road between the Page Extension and Highway 70. Easy to get to. And if you're local, obviously, you can also join the Avengers Club as well. It's a great way to save money on your back issues, your supplies, your games, everything else that's going on. If you are new to the comic book collecting thing, Larry and Tim can walk you through it and show you exactly what to do, what you need, what you might want, kind of point you in the right direction. If you're a comic book collector and you're getting back into it, that's a great place to start because they have a bunch of back issues, a bunch of older comics, and, of course, all the latest comics that are new on the shelf every week. Check them out online and also give them a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Bugs Comics and Games. Larry and Tim will be very glad you did and will be very happy that you are now affiliated with Bugs Comics and Games. We have Kevin Conroy from TerrificCon. We're going to go right to that interview as we wrap up our Batman 30th anniversary celebration. Back on the show once again, the voice of Batman, Mr. Kevin Conroy. Thanks for the time today. Sure. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, this being the 30th anniversary, we're going to have interviews with Dan Reba, Andre Romano, a couple other people talking back. As you look back on this 30 years later, has your perception of it changed versus just maybe... 20 years ago. Any new insights? You know what the biggest perception difference for me is over 30 years? I didn't understand when I started doing the show in 92 how it would resonate with the audience. (sighs) To me, it was an acting job. It was a gig, you know what I mean? And they bought a few episodes, and I had no idea it would turn into a full series, and that that would lead to... You know, Batman the Animated Series would become Batman and Robin, and then Batman Beyond, and then uh, the Justice League, and then the Arkham games, and then Justice League (laughs) Unlimited. I mean, it just kept growing and growing, and suddenly you turn around, and it's 30 years later. But what I really appreciated over that time was how it resonates with the audience. Uh, People have a passionate connection to Batman, and it's very unique. It's not like that for other superheroes. Yeah. And I think it's because he's so damaged. People relate to that. Sure, especially in this world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but in terms of playing the role, 
Um, I've tried to remain as consistent as possible. Yeah. You mentioned something in the panel the other day that I didn't realize you were the first and only theater actor who came out for the role. I didn't realize that, that obviously, yeah. and then it seems like Andrea must have connected about that because she got other people who had theater backgrounds. Yeah. John Glover, who you've worked with on stage, yeah. famously voiced Riddler, so that kind of, I think you kind of set a new bar there as well. Well, I think before uh, Batman the Animated Series, which was cast in 1991, it was very traditional to go to that pool of voice actors in L.A. Mm -hmm. who are incredibly talented, varied actors who can do dozens of different voices, you know, that's their specialty. But it was a pool that they would go to. And if they went outside that pool, they would go to TV or film actors right. in L.A. So what they weren't exposing themselves to were the uh, theater people. And the only reason I got the opportunity is because uh, a casting agent in, in New York happened to be a friend of Andrea Romano's. Mm. And he knew my stage, my work from the Broadway stage. And he said, you know, there's this actor in New York who I, I think is exactly what you're looking for. He doesn't do animation voices, but why don't you give him a shot? So that's how I got in there. And I think you're right. That kind of, that kind of, I think it might have inspired a lot of people yeah. in L.A. to look beyond the L.A. pool. And like our show, as you say, John Glover, uh, various actors who were strong theater actors ended up being on our show. And Tara Strong, obviously, famously, you had Arlene Sorkin for Harley Quinn first. You had Melissa Gilbert for Batgirl. Tara Strong comes in, she can do both roles. That's, uh, I would think as another voice actor, like, wow, that's kind of an impressive feat to be able to be so versatile. It is an impressive feat, and it's a real um, talent. And uh, whenever you do a voiceover gig by contract, they're allowed to use you for up to, I think, three different voices for the same pay. Sure. So they like to get actors who have a certain range um, so that they can use them for smaller ancillary voices. Like a little-known fact is On Leather Wings was the first yeah. episode of Batman the Animated Series. So it started the whole franchise. The first line of the first episode is by a pilot who is flying over Gotham and he sees the man bat flying through the sky and he says, what was that? Well, that was me. That was <laughs> I said the first line of the whole franchise that went 30 years. That's impressive, right? That's a little bit of trivia for those of you listening at yeah, home too. Yeah, exactly. We had the exactly. first line ever. And when you go back and you're doing an ensemble piece in like Justice League, you're reprising the character. Coming on to that, was there any hesitation about doing the character for a larger uh, ensemble type piece like that? There was no hesitation. You know, whenever they ask me to do Batman, I always jump at the opportunity. I love playing the role. So I loved the fact that they asked me. Um, but what the challenge was, was that in Batman the Animated Series, um, and Batman and Robin, and, you know, anything before that, was... Playing the, the, playing the focus of the show, playing the yeah. fulcrum. Yeah. Batman is the fulcrum. So you're in the center of everything. So you have a half an hour to tell your whole story. Well, when, you, when you're in the Justice League, suddenly you're one of seven sure. fulcrums. Everybody has a, a center of the show, you know? 
So you're sharing the stage with seven other major characters. So in, a, in an episode of Justice League, I might have five lines. Right, yeah. So you just have much less time to tell your story. Um, and that was kind of challenging. And I think the result of that, which was interesting, is Batman became the outsider mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of the group. And that became his identity, which was kind of interesting. It was perfect, actually. And I've got to ask you, because uh, the DC Pride 2022 came out, you wrote a story for that, which was absolutely brilliant. Thank um, you. And I know you've had a lot of fans coming up to you telling you how much that meant to them and everything like that. It, it's, I'm trying to think the best way to pose the question. Had that been released 20, 30 years ago, do you think it would have impacted your performance as Batman as seen through the public lens, if that makes any sense? Because people, you, know, you see on Twitter, it's a cesspool sometimes. People are yeah. horrible. Do you think having had that out there would have impacted the success of the series or your performance at all? That's a good question. I don't know because, you know, I've always been open about yeah, who yeah. I am. Everybody in the business uh, knows that I'm gay. And um, I thought that most of the audience knew. It was never a secret. And um, I was surprised, actually, to find out so many people didn't know, <laughs> you know, when that article came out. But, um, but if it had been more widely known 30 years ago, I might not have gotten the role. Hmm. Because the business was different. Sure, absolutely. Very different. Yeah. Um, so I think it, I was lucky. Yeah. Because, because I was being very out. And I was just lucky that more people didn't know. And now 30 years later, you're still the voice everyone hears, the conventions, your lines are crazy at these conventions. Isn't that you great? A, you've got I a love that. conventions coming up, though. Tell people where if they want to see you still before the year is over. Do you remember where you're going to be? I'm going to be in... I'm going I'm to stop that there, because that's obviously those conventions have passed since we talked, and I need to get out of here on time, because Joey and Louise are making fun of my math skills, because I can't add. And we got the time coming up. Want to make sure we tell you about our premier sponsor, the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Check out the website, discoverstcharles.com, if you're looking to get out and about. Enjoy the fall foliage here in town. No better place to do it than in St. Charles. Check the website, discoverstcharles.com. And, of course, get out there for their Legends and Lanterns Festival. If you're a Halloween person, you need to be out in downtown St. Charles, along Main Street, those last three weekends of October. Until next week, my friends. This is Geek Town Bay Radio. That's our show. This is Geek Town Bay Radio. Thank you, Gotham City. Good night. Hey, kids. Are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.